Our lesson from Scripture this morning comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. This is the story of what happened on that first Pentecost when the disciples felt something strange. Hear the Word of God. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, all the disciples. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these people speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, speaking to each other. What does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are just filled with new wine. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for reading our scripture this morning. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be honoring to you. Amen. The wind seemed to be blowing, even inside the shed. It was my second Chicago winter, and you would think that by now, I'd have known that winter starts in October here. I shivered as I scooped chorizo into tortillas. People lined up, huddled against the wind, waiting for a hot lunch. The church where I was interning during seminary served hot meals at a homeless encampment in the suburbs. Unlike many hopeless camp, homeless camps, this one was actually on a legitimate campground called Hideaway Lakes. The price of renting a campsite was very cheap, so many of the people there weren't visiting for the weekend. They were permanent residents. They lived in tents, broken down campers, or their cars. The owner of the campsite was a cruel man. He seemed to relish fighting with the local government when they tried to get him to comply with the law. He rarely did maintenance on the property, and as a result, after decades of neglect, 
none of the campsites had electricity anymore. The restrooms and showers rarely worked. Without electricity and water, you can imagine how difficult it was for residents to cook and store food safely. The people there were also living in fear. The year when this story happened, there were two murders at the campground in 2019. As you can see, Hideaway Lakes was a rough place to live. People lived there because they had nowhere else to go. We served a hot lunch of chorizo tacos, chips, apples, and cookies to about 50 people that day. As we all ate together, we talked about the cold snap and how to prepare for it. A family with extra blankets gave some to another family who had just arrived. A man divided up his bottled water to share it with a single mom. Another man taught a newer family how to line their tent with trash bags so that it would be warmer. Kids shared their toys, laughing together. I don't want to oversimplify or minimize the hard situations that these folks were in. They were facing many challenges. And yet, in the midst of it all, they were still aware of their gifts. They still shared skills, wisdom, and even material possessions with their neighbors. This community was strong because of their commitment to radical hospitality. When you think of a group that embodies radical hospitality, you probably don't imagine a dangerous homeless camp. But at Hideaway Lakes, that is what I experienced. The folks living there shared hospitality with their neighbors and with visitors like me. This community of unhoused folks would have felt familiar to Jesus's disciples. The disciples were also pretty much homeless, traveling from place to place. They were also in a tight spot. Their savior and leader had ascended to heaven and they were being persecuted by the Roman Empire. The disciples were unsure what to do next, but they didn't have to wait long. Christ had promised to send them an advocate, a helper, a comforter, and friend. The promised advocate was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came at Pentecost blessing all who gathered with the gift of language so that they could share Christ's love around the world. This first generation of Christ's followers traveled from Israel as far as France in the east and in, France in the west and India in the east, sharing the gospel, sleeping where they could, and counting on the hospitality of others to feed them. The miracle of Pentecost is that with the gift of the Holy Spirit, God showed that the Christian faith is not just for people who spoke Greek or Aramaic, but for the whole world. 
The Holy Spirit empowered everyone in the crowd that day to receive many more into their community. In a world of rigid social classes, strict gender roles, and oppression at the hands of the Roman Empire, the early church became a beacon of inclusion and hospitality. The books of the early church, written by Paul and others, tell the stories of communities striving to do life together. At the time, upper-class women covered their hair, and lower-class working women did not. But at the church in Corinth, all women covered their hair to erase the social distinctions between classes. Peter tells us later on in Acts about letting go of the old purity codes to include non-Jewish people in the church. Paul wrote in his letter to the Galatians, for in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ, there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit coming to the disciples on Pentecost spurred the disciples to create churches built on hospitality. Hospitality isn't just saying everyone is welcome. It is a call that we live out through our actions. It is saying, welcome, we have designed this with you in mind. We have thought of your needs and we have considered what is important to you. We all have something we can do to make our church and our community radically hospitable. How has the Holy Spirit motivated you to offer hospitality? Are you a good listener? Do you know how to make the church more comfortable for people with autism or ADHD? Can you make an amazing scone? Can you teach someone how to change a tire? Could you pick someone up on your way to church? It can be hard to know what our own gifts for hospitality are. If you are unsure what your gifts might be, ask a loved one what gifts they see in you. Sometimes it's easier to identify the gifts of others than it is our own gifts. Looking around this congregation, I see many gifts. I see a community of faith ready to rise to the next level of hospitality of intentionally radical welcome, to be fully oriented to receiving folks of all walks of life into the Aldersgate family. Friends, we are one body with many parts. As the body of Christ, we all have different roles and different gifts to share. Peter writes in 1 Peter, be hospitable to one another without complaining like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gifts each of you have received. The Holy Spirit inspired the gifts of hospitality that made the early church inclusive.
And the Holy Spirit did not stop there. The Holy Spirit is still living and still moving among us. It is still strengthening and empowering people to show the hospitality of Christ. Our repeated patterns of hospitality shape both our character and our church. These gifts that we are given are for the mutual thriving of our community. This week, I invite you to pray and discern how you can show radical hospitality at church and in other spaces. You could sign up for a name tag to make it easier for others, including Pastor Maria, to recognize you. You could reach out to a neighbor that you don't know very well to go for a walk. You could leave your usual pew and go sit by someone you don't know. The Holy Spirit is beckoning us to be a church and a people of radical hospitality. Now it is our turn to answer. Amen.